0: Welcome, everybody, to the episode three of the Greenlight Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Landon Kaler, and your co-host today is Dave Davis. What's up? Third podcast, can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting one. On this pod, we're going to be previewing week three of college football. We're going to be going over our rankings. We're going to do a little start or sit with some quarterbacks in college football and then we're going to go over some upset picks for the week. Dade, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm always ready. Okay, Dade. Let's start with the preview of week 3. It looks like it's shaping up to be a, a one of the worst weeks. Not a very exciting week. Yeah, not many
1: Yeah, this is like the first time that there's not going to be a ranked on ranked opponent or a game for a while. So it's like the nineteen nineties, I think. So
0: yeah, it's gonna be a pretty dead week. But Dade, sometimes when you're overlooking stuff, that's when uh some of the most shocking upsets can happen. So let's start. Well, last night Miami killed Bethune Cookman 48 to 7, and Memphis edged out Navy with a score of 28 to 24. Tonight we have of uh, Virginia, pretty bad Virginia team going to play Maryland, and then Utah State is going to go play Air Force. Not many exciting games. The probably the most exciting slate tomorrow on Saturday is going to be on the 12 Eastern kick. First, we have Florida State going to play Boston College, Florida State's favored by 25. I would not be surprised if they cover that spread. Next, a more interesting game, more closely contested, is Penn State going into champagne they're going to be playing illinois penn state is favored by 15 points they do you think illinois has enough to maybe pull off this miracle no i don't th- i don't think they do um i really like penn state i think they could
1: definitely be a playoff team and i really agree with many people that this is their year in the big 10 west or east i mean uh, Drew Allen is a real deal. Illinois has an orange out, though, so it's going to be a good environment. But I don't think Illinois is talented enough to really hang with Penn State. They haven't looked good at all, really, this year. Almost lost a, a decent uh, Toledo team. But then uh, struggled a little bit last week, or won last week, but or lost last week on about bet at Kansas. <laughs> they don't look good against Kansas at all. But I, I really don't think they have a chance in this game. I think Penn State takes your Illinois
0: easily. I just want to point out something right now. Drew Aller has passed for 529 yards and four touchdowns. And right now, um, on most betting apps, he's ahead of Sanders to in odds to win the Heisman. I just had to point that out. He's ahead of Sanders despite all of the hype. Aller is good. If Illinois even wants the slightest chance to win this game, it has. They have to be within one score at halftime. They have to keep the crowd in it. It has to be close. It has to be entertaining. But if Penn's, again, if Penn State wants to win this, if they get the crowd out by half, this game is over, and Illinois has no chance. Another eleven o'clock game that's pretty intriguing is LSU playing at Mississippi State. LSU is favored by nine and a half. But Dade, is this one of uh, is this an upset that could sneak up on LSU? Is could Mississippi State pull off the miracle against number fourteenth ranked LSU? Oh, I think it's definitely possible. LSU did not
1: look good against Florida State a couple of weeks ago. Um, they showed flashes. But I, th- I think uh, Mississippi State is going to surprise a lot of people this year. Obviously, after the death of uh, Mike Leach, it's pretty sad, obviously, over there. But their offense looks a little bit different. It's not an air raid like it used to be. They run the ball a little bit more. But, yeah, I think I think LSU wins this game. But I would not be surprised if Mississippi State can uh, win at home. It's going to be a tough environment. Oh uh, yeah, I really like Mississippi uh, Mississippi State to cover, but I don't think they're gonna win.
0: Yeah, LSU is favored by nine and a half. Mississippi State really struggled last week against Arizona. They ended up catching the win, but it wasn't overtime with a score of 31 to 24. Another little stat that when I was researching this game that I came across since the year nineteen ninety-nine, Mississippi State has been three and twenty against LSU in the last twenty years. They are three and twenty. They do not look good against LSU. And another another matchup that I really am looking forward to is that LSU offensive line versus that Mississippi State defensive line. Mississippi State has a historically great defensive line, and LSU's offensive line. If they can neutralize that, LSU should run away with this game. I
1: just want to point one more thing about this game. Uh, well, Will Rogers, the veteran quarterback, I think this this could be his chance to really. Uh, cement his name into the program, he's a senior. I think this could be a spiritual win. Um, they don't obviously throw the ball that much, but I still think he's their best weapon on offense right now. So, that's something to keep an eye on, too.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Some other 11 o'clock games that are kind of intriguing. Louisville plays at Indiana. Louisville has been looking really good their first two games as they have wins over Georgia Tech. Uh, Wisconsin hosts Georgia Southern. A upset game that I'm kind of keeping my eye on right now. Iowa State, a Power 5 team playing in the Big 12, has to go play at the University of Ohio. Not Ohio State, the University of Ohio in Athens, Ohio. This could definitely be a trap game for Iowa State. Dave, do you think they fall for the trap?
1: Oh uh, Yeah, I think they will. Um, Iowa State played a pretty mediocre team in my uh, opinion last week in Iowa. Um, and Ohio's a really good team in the MAC. Um, I was listening to a radio show a couple of days ago, and they seriously think Ohio, Ohio could re- really win this game. Uh, they got a good quarterback, and Curtis, Ro- uh, Ro- I don't know how to say his last name, but I've heard he's really good. Uh, they have a freshman quarterback going to play at Ohio, so that place is going to be rocking. They- these schools really don't get the chance to host a Power 5 team. So I think this game is really interesting, and I think Ohio can pull off the win here.
0: Yeah, I really like it too. Iowa State is only favored by two and a half. Vegas kind of likes that Ohio pick as well. Another, Dave, if an athletic director, why are we scheduling games before conference play? Why are we scheduling games going away to uh, non power five teams, to group of five teams? Why are we doing that? We're just setting ourselves up for failure. It's the same thing that Texas Tech did. They scheduled Wyoming away another trap game and they fell for the trap and that's a reason why texas tech is zero and two right now even though they're a great team why do athletic directors schedule these away games that's a good question man because like when these power five big schools come in to
1: play a smaller uh group of five schools they these schools have been waiting for their chance to get their moment at home every there's probably gonna it's probably gonna be a record crowd there in ohio but yeah, I, I really don't know why people do it. I mean, there's not really that much money involved. And you if when you go in there and lose, one, you don't get much money. And two, you lose to a group of five team that no one expects you to lose to. So, yeah, I, I really
0: don't know why some people do that. Yeah, it just seems – and especially since week three is usually one of the worst weeks in the schedule ball schedule, as is most teams' last tune-up before conference play really starts to ramp up in about week four. Let's move along to some later games. Notre Dame, they're 3-0 right now because they played in Week 0. They're going to host Central Michigan. I also want to point out right now, Dave, Sam Hartman's on an absolute tear. He's stolen for 731 yards, 10 touchdowns, and zero turnovers. We're going to get into him probably a little bit later on the Heisman pick. I'll just leave it there, but he's definitely somebody to be watching for. South Carolina Mm -hmm. is going to be playing – in Athens, Georgia, the Bulldogs are favored by twenty-seven points. They, what happened to South Carolina? oh uh, yeah, they have been, had a pretty disappointing start to
1: the season. Um, they took care of Foreman, but um, yeah, this team was expected to be pretty decent. a Rattler has looked pretty good so far, but they've had some struggles, but. I think they can really compete with Georgia. I'm not super high in Georgia, even though they're number one in my top twenty-five. They came out games came out in uh, games super slow against some pretty weak opponents. I really don't know if I like Carson Beck yet, uh, but this is our first game that they can really show that they're the number one team in submit themselves in the SEC.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at this line in Georgia, feared by 27 points over our conference opponent is just ridiculous. Yeah, that seems a little Carolina, high. That seems I a little high. If I'm, if I'm a betting man. I think I'd take South Carolina to cover, but obviously we can't bet we're not 100-deckers over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but South Carolina's offensive line is a massive liability. We saw that in the North Carolina game. Now, obviously, Georgia's defense line is one of the best in the nation, so I really don't see a way that South Carolina could even really keep this thing close. I think they will cover the 27-point spread, but I don't think it's going to be close. Rattler, though through two games, is almost thrown for 700 yards. It's pretty impressive behind that pretty miserable offensive line. Let's keep it moving. Oregon State hosts a solid San Diego State team. Oregon State's favored by 27 points. The over-under is 48, but San Diego State isn't that bad. They beat that Ohio team that we were talking about earlier that's hosting Iowa State. Dave, do you think San Diego State could maybe pull off a miracle Uh, No, I don't. Uh,
1: San Diego State's a decent team out there in the Mountain West. But I really like Oregon State with DJ at quarterback. Uh, I really don't see them driving this game at home. They look really, really good. And I see no reason to pick San Diego State in this game.
0: Yeah, I'm really high on Oregon State. I think they'll take care of business and keep moving up the AP pool. Another 230 game that I'm very excited for. It's pretty bad that we're saying we're really excited for this game. That just really shows you how bad this slate is. Minnesota is going to go play at number in Chapel Hill at number 20, North Carolina. North Carolina is favored by seven points. Dave, do you think Minnesota can maybe run uh, into Chapel Hill and maybe come out with a W? I think there's a good chance they can. But I like North Carolina
1: in this game just because of the fact that they have more talent. Um, Still not a very talented team, but Minnesota has virtually no really big, talented guys. But P.J. Fleck always finds a way to uh, turn his team up in these games. Drake May, he he needs to really step it up. Uh, He's played fine, but this North Carolina team really needs a playmaker. And Minnesota's offense is miserable. This could be a low-scoring game of Minnesota. If it's Minnesota's game, it will be a low-scoring game. But I think North Carolina can pull away in the third or fourth quarter and get this win.
0: Yeah, a low-scoring game would definitely play into the hands of Minnesota. But as, looking back at last week, North Carolina looked very shaky against App State, who took them to overtime. And I think they scored 34 points on them. As well, North Carolina's defense is, is pretty bad. They're at, They're allowing almost 400 yards a game. And then May hasn't really looked like a legit Heisman contender either. I think he's thrown for two touchdowns and two interceptions. It's not looking great. And Minnesota has defense. There no joke on the defensive side of the ball. So if this game is if this game hits the under, this game could definitely be close, especially going into the fourth. Let's keep moving. Northwestern goes to um, into Duke, number 21, Duke, Leonard. It's probably going to torch them. Northwestern looks pretty awful. Western Michigan goes to Iowa City into to Kinnick Stadium, where number 25 Iowa hosts them. Cade McAmara looks to get back on the right track. Iowa is our team, Do We take care of business this week, right? Yeah, I think we take care of them easy. And
1: I've heard a lot of people saying that this could be the offensive explosion we're looking for because I've heard this Western Michigan team is pretty horrendous. Um, but th- one of interesting thing though is it did come into Kinnick Stadium, I think, in early two thousands. I want to say and beat us. Uh, that's something that's pretty interesting, but I, I really don't see us having problems if we do. Then we're in some trouble. <laughs> but I think, I think you I was can score up to forty points in this game, which is a lot for Iowa even against these pretty bad teams.
0: Yeah, that is a lot for Iowa. Iowa has not scored over 25 points this year. And our offensive coordinator, Brian Fierens, his contract says if he does not average over 25 points a game, he's out. We are both praying that he goes out. Right, Dade? Oh, uh, yeah, but I think if we continue to find ways to win, I don't think there's no way you can fire
1: him. If, if Let's say we go 11-1, 12-0, which 12-0 is a stretch right now, but if we have a 10-2 11-1 season, I think there's no way we'll be firing.
0: Yeah, and our schedule is one of the worst you can have, which is pretty amazing. Another 2:30 game, Virginia Tech, uh, goes into a look what looks like to be a pretty solid Rutgers team. Rutgers is 2-0 and they're favored by 7 points in this game against Virginia Tech. If you're bored at 2:30 slot, make sure to turn that game on. Western Kentucky with one of the most explosive quarterbacks in college football, Austin Reed, he's thrown for 600 yards and six touchdowns. They go into Columbus, where uh, number six Ohio State is favored by 30 points. I kind of I'd pick Western Kentucky to cover the spread, as with Ohio State, Kyle McCord and their offense don't look amazing. Dave, if you were a betting man, is Western Kentucky covering this 30 point spread? Uh yeah,
1: I think they do, and also I think there's a chance they could have come in here and win. I'm really not high on this Ohio State team. Wow. They got a solid defense, but really outside of that, they don't really have much playmaker. Well, they have Morgan Harrison in the best receiving core, but outside of them, uh, but then you have Kyle McCord, and I really don't think he's the answer. Uh, his throwing form may be one of the worst forms I have ever seen in a D1 quarterback. Um, but they have so much uh talent around him, and you you just. You can't score as fast as they did and not score any more points as they did against um, – uh, who did they play week two? They played – Youngstown Yeah. And they didn't blow them out like I thought they were going to because they came out the gates firing and scored a ton of points, and then really they just kind of plateaued. Uh, Marvin Harrison had that to play. But I think you got to get these guys the ball throughout the game, not just the first couple of drives. I think it's really important. But uh, they have Kyle McCord starting for the rest of the season. They just announced that. So I think Western Kentucky can come here and compete.
0: I cannot believe we just glanced over that you said Western Kentucky has a chance in this game. I'm sorry, Western Kentucky's offense is very explosive, but there is absolutely no way Western Kentucky can win this game. They can cover this spread, but there is no way Western Kentucky is winning this game. Dade, I hope you get flamed for that take. I'm praying on it. Another uh, – probably one of the better games. Four o'clock slot, number eight, Washington, goes to East Lansing to host Michigan State, who is going to be Mel Tuckerless for this week. Dade, do you think Michigan State can knock off Michael Penix and the number eight, Huskies?
1: No, I, I think there's absolutely no chance – uh, Michigan State has a ton of distractions right now with the whole Mel Tucker situation, and then you have uh D'Antonio, or um you got their interim head coach, their coaching, and then you got uh first time starter Noah Kim, uh they're under center for Michigan State, but yeah, I don't I don't think Michigan State can win this game. I don't think they're a horrible team, but right now. There's just too much going on in that program for them to really focus uh, on this big game. And I think Washington's like, if you look at this game and uh, remove all the Mel Tucker distraction, I think Washington's just a way better team. They have got a super explosive offense with Michael Penix. And I think Washington bows on Michigan State here.
0: Yeah, I would not be surprised. Michael Penix has almost thrown for 900 yards, eight touchdowns, and only one pick through two games. He's definitely a Heisman front runner. But one thing that I just want to point out right now as Washington continues into the season. They are an extremely one-dimensional offense. They only throw the ball. I wonder what different defensive strategies we might be seeing going against them. But Carter, amid the Michigan State running back, he's ran for over 200 yards and four touchdowns through two games. I wonder if he's really the workhorse in this game. Another stat that I found earlier today while I was researching this game Michigan State is 19-5 and five when they play a Pac-12 team at home. That's pretty good. I don't want to just – that's a very skewed stat. You could say they play, probably played pretty bad teams at home, and Michigan State used to be really good. But maybe they have a little thing for Pac-12 teams at home, but I think not this week. Let's keep it moving. Newly ranked Washington State hosts Northern Colorado. Cameron Ward looks to continue his hot streak as he's starting to enter into some of the Heisman conversations. The game of the weekend, though, number eleven Tennessee goes into Gainesville, Florida, into the swamp to face one and one Florida. Tennessee is favored by five and a half, but I saw it dip; oh, it was low to three and a half today. Dave, Florida does Florida win this game?
1: Uh, I think there's a chance they can. Um, it's going to be a really hard environment there for Tennessee. The Swamp comes alive at night. Uh, but one, I just want to say one thing before I get more deeper into this game. This is kind of sad that this is a game of the week. It's not a bad game at all, but we're used to like these time matchups here in non-conference, but week three is always usually pretty boring. But yeah, getting back into this game, I think John Milton's going to have to prove he's a guy in this game, or else they might turn to the freshman stud QB. They're sitting behind John Milton. But he, he's he's got, yeah, definitely- yeah, he, he's got a great arm. Yeah, he's got a great arm. He just he just gotta he's just gotta harness that. He's had some accuracy issues. He's gone out slow sometimes in the game. He can't he can't settle into this game. Um but Florida Graham Mertz, he's looked pretty good. The transfer from Wisconsin there. Uh and they're gonna give and they're gonna give uh some time for their new coach out there in Florida, Napier, to settle into his job. But I think this is his first chance to really get his signature win They were down in Gainesville.
0: Yeah, it's cool that Joe Milton can throw an orange across the field, but can he throw a ball into the receivers? We don't know. He did not look good in their first two games. Tennessee is favored by five and a half. But another stat that I found, I was really doing my research today, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Tennessee has lost nine straight games in the Swamp. Nine straight games in the Swamp. That is no coincidence. That is no coincidence. And last week they looked really bad against Austin, PA. Don't be surprised if Florida wins this game. Despite the high ranking and not being ranked, these teams are almost on a level playing field. Another 6 o'clock kick to keep your eye on is South Alabama at Oklahoma State. South Alabama, their one loss was to a very good Tulane team, and they hung around in that game. South Alabama is no joke. Out of um, the non-power five, they're pretty good. They're definitely going to go bowling this year. Just keep your eye on that game. If it gets close, turn it on. It should be kind of exciting, especially for this week week slate. A game that's definitely going to fly under the radar is James Madison going to Troy. Troy got Troy's favored by two and a half, but Troy got smacked last week against Kansas State, and James Madison beat a power five team in Virginia. So, And this is James Madison's first year in the Sun Belt. So this is a conference game for both of them. It should be pretty exciting. Uh, Michigan um, hosts Bowling Green at the Big House. J.J. McCarthy looks to keep his good season going as he is a Heisman frontrunner. Georgia Tech um, goes to Old Miss. Old Miss is favored by 18 points. Georgia Tech, in my opinion, they should be 2-0. They are 1-1, but they dropped that. A week one game to Louisville when they were up by, I think almost twenty points. I really like their quarterback, uh, Haynes King. He's throwing for six hundred yards and seven touchdowns while so only turning it over once. Uh, we're also going to stop at this game. Syracuse is going into West Lafayette to Purdue. Uh, Hudson Card has looked pretty solid for Purdue, but Syracuse kind of not looking like a basketball school anymore. Dade, we discussed this uh, game on our website, but can you break this down for me? Yeah,
1: I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch. Uh, Purdue is not very good, and we don't really know much about Syracuse yet. The analytics sure do like them. they on ESPN at the FBI and uh, efficiency ratings, but Syracuse is not a team to sleep on here in the ACC. Um, they are looking to start – their first their season 3 0 for the uh back to backs uh last season since 1959 and 1960. So some history can be made here in this game. But yeah, you know this is dead week when you're highlighting this game. This is not a bad game at all. But um Purdue, they got some talent. Hudson Card was, I believe, a five star. If not, he was definitely a four star, but he was a top rated quarterback. He's got some talent. Um yeah, I just really like the Syracuse team. The analytics like them, and uh, but their quarterback is out though. That's that's the one thing you gotta watch. Uh, Schrader is out. Uh, yeah. So, um,
0: I really like Syracuse in this game, but it's a game to watch. Or, uh to watch. Yeah, you know it's not a very good week when we're talking this much about Purdue and Syracuse. Syracuse might not be fully a basketball school now. We'll see. Pittsburgh uh, goes to uh, Morgantown, West Virginia, where the backyard brawl is this weekend. Um, this is, again, this is a game a lot of people are advocating to put on a college game day instead of the Colorado-Colorado State game, which we'll get into later. But, Dade, uh, right now West Virginia is favored by two and a half points. I really like their quarterback, Greeny. Dade, who wins the backyard brawl this year?
1: I'm going to West Virginia. Um this game should have definitely been on game day. I really don't think Colorado State and Colorado deserve to be on game day. Um, we'll, we'll get to that later. But, yeah, I think West Virginia takes care of Pittsburgh here.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Texas hosts a pretty good Wyoming team. Texas is favored by 30 points. If I was a betting man, similar to the Western Kentucky game, I think I'd take Wyoming to cover. Wyoming beat. A very good Texas Tech team, and they won in this week, too. But Quinn Ewers looked absolutely phenomenal last week. Texas jumps all the way up into college football playoff right now at four. Quinn Ewers is thrown for six touchdowns already in this early season. Texas look like they are legit. Miami goes to Eugene, Oregon to face number 23, Oregon. Um, not much needs to be said. Oregon is going to smack them. A Again, you know I've been – Right for some FCS teams. If there is an FCS team that's going to beat a Power Five team this week, it's going to be Sacramento State against Stanford. Sacramento State right now is the sixth-ranked team in the FCS, and Stanford looked absolutely miserable last week. They played uh, USC, but I think they let up over forty points in the first half. So Sacramento State is my pick for an FCS team to beat a. Uh, Power 5 team this week. Dave, you know, I know you hate it when I do these, but do you think Sacramento State has a chance?
1: Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Sanford's not good at all. Um, but I really can't, to be honest with you, I'm not going to be willing to name one person on Sacramento State's team. So I don't know, man. You you got awfully close last week, though, that's for sure.
0: I know. I really thought I had it. With that Holy Cross Boston College game. But we're going to be attacking it again. Again, this is one of the last weeks that an FCS team gets to play a Power 5 team. And the stat, I think there's a stat that says an FCS team has beat a Power 5 team every single year since 2008. The one exception was the COVID year. If there's one happening this week, it's definitely going to be Sacramento State and Stanford. College game day is at Colorado State versus Colorado in Boulder, we don't really need to stay on this, this much. Colorado State coach Dion Dion's pissed. Colorado might win by fifty.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why uh, he would try to light the fire there in Colorado. That you know, that's I think that's another weapon this team has. Not only on the football field, but they can really get in your head. Uh, that's for
0: sure. <laughs> yeah, you do not want to be on Dion's bad side. Do not be surprised if Colorado. If Colorado wins this game by fifty, Sanders playing phenomenal, throwing for a college football high of nine hundred three yards and then six touchdowns. Uh, just looking down here at some of the super wet late West Coast games. Fresno State is favored going into Temple, Arizona, to play Arizona State. Fresno State's really good. They they beat Purdue week one, right? Dave. Yeah, they did. They. That was, that
1: was an interesting game. I didn't know if Arizona State was going to be that legit, but obviously, Vegas
0: thinks they are going on the road at Arizona State and being favored. Yeah, they look like one of the best uh, group of five teams right now. They're favored against Arizona State, who looked pretty bad against Oklahoma State at home last week. Kansas, who's coming off of a huge run over Illinois, is gonna, this could be a trap game. They have to go – to Nevada. Why do people keep doing this? Do they want to lose? Are you trying to lose? Because I know you're not getting paid that much money to go to Nevada. Kansas is still not 28 points, but why? Why do you not just host this game, Dave?
1: Yeah, I truly really don't know why, especially the West Coast games. Those even become more chops because you got to play later than you would like or you're used to, but I think Kansas is a very talented team. We both ranked them in our top 25, I think. Uh, you have no problem here, but the Iowa State Ohio game—that's that's an interesting game there for Iowa State team who's not very dominant. Well, neither has Kansas been, but I think they were dominant this
0: year. Yeah, I think you copied me with that Kansas pick, Dade. But no hard feelings. And then the last game, the latest game, with an eleven o'clock Eastern kick. UTEP goes to Arizona. Uh, Arizona should win. But that's it for the preview, Dade. Ready to move on? Yep. Okay, Dave, let's get into our Heisman rankings after week two. You go first.
1: Um, right now, I think if the season ended, I think K.O. Williams is going back-to-back Heisman trophies. Uh, he's played pretty much perfect games, I would say. He's throwing a crazy amount of touchdowns, I believe nine. Is that right? I feel like it's more, though. I don't know. I'll have to. I think back- it's nine. Yeah. Yeah, he's been on an absolute touchdown-throwing tear. Uh, just some of the throws that man can make, man, it's crazy. There's no way this guy does not commit to the NFL draft, even though there has been some talk. His dad went out and said, if it's not the right situation, he doesn't want to go out. But I think he uh, leaves college and goes out for the NFL. But not far behind him, I got Michael Penix Jr. for the Washington Huskies. He's got a chance to continue to grow uh, to, or to close that lead there on Cale Williams. Uh with a nice performance there at Michigan State this weekend, if he can do that. Uh um, number three, I got Shadur Sanders. Uh this is guys, this guy is not a, should be a surprise. He's in everyone's top five right now. And I think there's a chance he could definitely win this as if he keeps on going on a tier like he has been. I think there's a chance that he uh gets a thousand passing yards by the end of the first quarter against Colorado State. Just unbelievable, man. Throwing almost for a thousand yards against two. Pretty quality opponents. That's just crazy. Uh, Number four, I got Quinn Ewers uh, after his nice performance on the road at Tuscaloosa. Uh, He had a nice performance there, and he entered the top five. And at five, I got Sam Hartman. We talked about him earlier. He's on an absolute tear right now with Notre Dame. I think this is the right move for him uh, to go to Notre Dame. He's really looked really good. And at number six, just looking out, I got Travis Hunter. But I know you were pretty mad
0: about not me having Jordan Travis in my top five. How is how is Jordan Travis not in your top six? Dave, uh, I think – I haven't looked up the odds, but I assume that he is either two or three right now. I assume he's two or three, and you have two Colorado players over him. Oh, Dave, that makes me so mad. Please explain yourself in this. Okay, it's, it's not that he's – He's been on.
1: Un- it's not that he underperformed at yeah, right. all any of the past few weeks. I think he's looked really good. Uh, but I just think the people in front of him have played better. I don't. I don't think Jordan Travis by any means is not out of this race yet. I just think there have been more uh, impressive performances here. Travis Hunter, obviously, I think he has a chance to make his way and win it. But I think Jordan Travis is just right behind him too at number seven. But, yeah, that's my rankings. Uh, They might be a little controversial, but it's hard to tell with the weaker opponents that some of these teams
0: have played. Okay, dude, I just looked it up right now. You want to guess the odds right now? Obviously, you know who number one is. Caleb Williams. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah.
1: And then I'm going to go Michael Penix is probably the second best. I know that.
0: Michael Penix and Jordan Travis both have the same odds. They're both plus 950. Yeah, i, I, I your top
1: six. I don't know. Man. I I I really think he's still in this, but I don't think he's in the top
0: five right now. <laughs> and then Quinn Ewers is at four. JJ McCarthy at five. Bo Nix at seven. Drew Aller at, at no. Bo Nix at six. Drew Aller at seven. Sanders is at eight, tied with wow. Hartman. That's Milton's surprising. at ten. Yeah, that's yeah, surprising that, that Hartman and Sanders are so low.
1: I feel like they're in top five, especially because of the national media coverage I've been getting, but
0: yeah. It's, yeah. Some, of, some of these odds are interesting. I don't know. And then at 10, we have a one, two, three, four-way tie between Joe Mill Kyle McCord, Marvin Harrison, and Dylan Gabriel. And then down at 14 is Travis Hunter. Wow. Wow. People, were, after that, we
1: won performance against TCU. You would think he won the Heisman. <laughs>
0: Media coverage isn't everything, Dave. It's the best player, not the most popular. Let yeah. me get into my rankings now. Let me get into my rankings. Number one is obviously Caleb Williams, okay? There's just no other way to put it. He's the best right now. You know, I know people want to say Sanders is performing. His stats are better, but Caleb Williams is the best, okay? I, we, we will stay play each other, I believe, in Boulder in week six or seven, I think. That is going to be an absolutely amazing game if both teams are still unbeaten at that point. Number two, I have Michael Penix. Washington quarterback is absolutely balling out. I'm so happy for him after the way everything ended at Indiana for him. He went under the radar last year, Michael Penix did. I think he led the FCS – I mean, FBS, excuse me, in passing yards. Number three, I have Jordan Travis. We can't just forget what he did in week one. He absolutely dismantled the LSU defense. He put up 42 points. Everybody wants to move on from that, but he is number three. Right behind him is number four, Quinn Ewers. What he did to uh, Alabama was he made it Alabama just look. He did, Alabama's defense looked like a regular power five defense against Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers looked so calm. Looked like he felt no pressure in that situation. And I expect Quinn Ewers to keep winning. Sam Hartman's at my five. Uh, Notre Dame quarterback is absolutely balling out the transfer he was at wake forest last year and then i have sanders down at my six which is still higher than vegas but i know people want him really high let me just explain why he's low to win the heisman you have to be good but you also have to win dade you have to win and they have to play they have to play at oregon next week they host number five usc the week after then they play at ucla they host oregon state they play at Washington State and at Utah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I, that, I one thing that we've done these past couple of weeks is to not doubt Colorado. So I've learned to not do that, but I see where you're coming from, though.
0: Yeah, that is a brutal schedule, and I think I think the ceiling is a two loss. They go through that and they only get hit twice. Yeah. I think that's the ceiling. Not to disrespect Colorado or anything. But they play Oregon. Oregon is phenomenal. They play USC. USC is my number one team right now inside my top 25. They play Oregon State, another on the fringe of a top 10 team. They play at UCLA, who more right now is balling out. Um, and they have to play at Washington State. Cameron Ward's balling right, out right now. And then at Utah, we saw what Utah did to the Gators when they went into their place. So. I say they take two losses out of all those, and they finish the season probably about ten and two.
1: Yeah, but, but, but you're well, not
0: gonna you're not gonna win the Heisman going ten and two.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't it be quite a sight to see if we could see should R. Sanders win or Travis Hunter win, and then they go went back to back in the Heisman voting. That would be pretty amazing if they would end up uh, going undefeated. Which I mean, right now it doesn't look too unrealistic. But uh, I
0: I don't think they can run the table, though. Too unrealistic. It's completely unrealistic, Dave. <laughs> this is completely unrealistic. You can't say that you can come in here and they're going to beat Oregon. They're going to beat USC. They're at, they're, this is, right now, it's unrealistic. We'll see next week when they play Oregon. If they beat Oregon, then it will become like a sliver of hope. If they beat Oregon in Eugene, then it'll become a sliver yeah. of hope. But that's why I have Sanders. Let's get back on topic. That's why yeah, we I have got, Sanders. we got a little bit off topic there, bro. So we all got. We that's got, why got, I have Sanders. We that's all why got, Sanders got my six
1: is yeah, because we, we all got I don't strong opinions. We all got strong opinions right now in Colorado, so we would just like to share those right
0: now. <laughs> well, obviously, they're America's team. We're all rooting for them. But right behind him, I have J.J. McCarthy, Michigan quarterback. And then at my eighth spot, I have Bo Nix, which is low compared – I think – let me check here. Let me get that article back up. Yeah, they have Bo Nix at six in the Heisman odds. I have him at eight. And then behind him, I have Aller at nine. And then Tyler Van Dyke sneaks inside of my top ten after his phenomenal year – a phenomenal game last week against Texas A&M. That's my top ten. and. I don't really think this is going to switch up much, to be honest, because I think Caleb Williams will keep winning. I think Michael Penix will keep winning. I think Jordan Travis, their team, Florida State, might go undefeated in the ACC, just looking off of their um, schedule right now. But, Dade, do you happy with our conversation on Heisman rankings? Are you ready to continue?
1: Yeah, I am. Also, I really like that Tyler Van Dyke pick. He's a real dude down there in Miami. I think he might bring them
0: back. Yeah, he looked phenomenal. I think he threw for almost 400 yards and five touchdowns, no turnovers against a phenomenal Texas A&M defense. He looks like the real deal. Right. Okay, Dave, let's move into another segment called Start or Sit. Let's start with Alabama's quarterbacks, Jalen Milrow and Tyler Buckner.
1: Uh, I think you start Milrow. I don't uh, it was just reported today that Millar will not be starting. It will be uh, Buckner, the transfer from Notre Dame. Uh, honestly, I don't like this move. I still think they should stick with Millar with a lesser opponent in South Florida. I just think switching quarterbacks this early this season is not a good idea. Uh, Concern to have with it is you're reopening to the whole football team, your whole offense, your whole fan base. That this is a you're rolling with two guys now, like it's a competition again, which I really at this point of the season you you need to know who your guy is. Um, Miller, I didn't think played horrendous, but there were some plays that should have been made, some deep balls that should have been hit, and then two classy interceptions. But again, it was his first game. It was at uh, it was a good Texas team, really good Texas team. I don't think they should have benched him. Just give him some time. If he struggled against South Florida, maybe I would be calling for Buckner. But I think it's a little too early to. Uh, have Buckner in the situation, but yeah, I don't like this move.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm thinking like, since they play South Florida this week, this would be a great time to play Milrow and get him tuned up, get him a little confidence boost going into SEC play. Um, I think since they're throwing in Buckner right now, I think that they're confident that they might be rolling with him the rest of the year. Obviously they take a big um, athletic hit, in the quarterback position now, taking Milrow out, but they're sacrificing that for more accuracy, especially on the deep balls, and I hope better decision-making. Obviously, Alabama, I think they know what they're doing, but um, I think they're just almost coming out and saying that they made the wrong pick going with Milrow in the first place, and then going back to that Texas game, you didn't play awful for our standards. We don't know what Bama's standards are. Obviously, band Bama's standards are out the roof. So if they think Buckner can come in and contribute and play better than Milro right away, um that's their choice. I think I would still want to go with Milrow. He's played two games. Obviously he looks solid in the blowout win in week one, but um yeah, I think I'd still stick with Milrow. I want that explosive aspect. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and another thing I want to add to that real quick is after that performance at Middle Tennessee State, you think that he would be the guy no matter what going down the season. And uh, one bad game is just going to hurt his confidence. It's, it's not ever going to – it's going to be confusing if, for this offensive line and uh, for Seton Corps if they're going to keep on opening up this job again, which was a question that we had going into the season about Alabama. But I don't want to question Xavier. I know he's going to make the best choice for his team, and it obviously has worked for this past 10 years, but – Yeah, I don't really like this decision.
0: Yeah, Texas was his first big game of his career. And I'm not going to say he played good. He played below average, but I don't think he played bad. Um, And obviously, Texas is legit. It looked legit. Um, I mean, he still put up over 20 points. They didn't get shut out. So um, we'll see, obviously, see going forward. But uh, I like Milrow. Obviously, he didn't play great against Texas. He played two games. I don't think he benched a guy after two games. But let's move on to Ohio State now, Uh Kyle McCord was just announced earlier this week that he will be the starter the rest of the week. But um, still Devin Brown, a lot of people liked him going into the season. Um, start or sit Kyle McCord or Devin Brown?
1: I think you start Kyle McCord. I think Kyle McCord is just a more athletic, better quarterback than Devin Brown. Devin Brown is still a pretty decent quarterback, but not for Ohio State Sanders. I'm not a huge fan of them right now. I think they have potential. Uh, but especially with this receiving core, you think like they could even make a below average quarterback look really good. You got Morgan Harrison, Fleming. Uh, I feel like I'm missing someone, but yeah, this, I, I don't know about this quarterback room for Ohio State yet. McCord has some of the most ugliest form I've ever seen, but he got the job done in the first cover drives against downtown state, but then
0: they kind of stole it out their offense. But yeah. What do you think here, Landon? Um, I think they made the right decision right now with McCord, but um, I think that's I think that's pretty solid. He played good against Youngstown State. Um, they haven't been opening up the playbook a lot. I think uh, offensively they've been pretty conservative, but I think more down the road is where they're going to run into problems. They play I think they're running, Ohio State's ranked sixth right now. I think they play number nine Notre Dame next week, at Notre Dame, and if Ohio State gets blown out in the game. They start to consider Devin Brown again, um, going into conference play. I don't know, but I think right now Kyle McCord is the easy pick. But uh, we just gotta wait till they start um, feeling some adversity. If they drop a game, um, how will Ryan Day and the offense react? And will they start actually considering Devin Brown? Let's move on to Tennessee, Joe Milton, or the number one freshman out of the class, Nico. Lima Leva.
1: I'm just gonna say Nico L because I'm not gonna be able to say that. <laughs> but uh right now I'm gonna go start Joe Milton. I think he's gonna be on a very short lease this weekend at 10 uh Florida. They can't uh afford to uh have much struggles like they did against Austin P. That was not great. They struggled on the rental a lot, and a lot of it was John Joe Milton. Obviously, we've seen all the videos in the throwing a, orange across the field. Yeah, that's impressive, but you got to find a way to harness that and uh, get it done and not just chug the ball. But Joe Melton's talented. He's athletic. He's got potential to be the next-handed hooker. But I, I think with a five-star quarterback, you got you got to be wondering, is Nico's time coming soon if he can get the job done at Florida?
0: Yeah, obviously, I think you go Joe Melton um, this week against Florida in the Swamp. I don't think you can throw a freshman out there and expect him to do well. But I'm just saying, if Tennessee loses this game, uh, Joe Milton might get benched next week against, I think they play UTSA at home. If Joe Milton loses this game in the swamp and doesn't look, if it's a shootout, that's not his problem. But if they score less than 20 points, I think they only scored 30 last week against Austin, PA. They did not look good. The offense looked very stagnant, it was not pretty wasn't a fun game to watch at all. So if they come out and they put up less than, uh, let's just say, 25 against Florida, I'd expect Nico L uh, to get a shot next week or at least get some serious PT against UTSA. He was the number one quarterback recruit out of this class. People have very high expectations for him. Uh, That's the last thing I want to add on any of these topics. Anything else you want to add, Dave, before we move on?
1: Uh, No, I don't. I think we hit everything.
0: Yeah, I think we did, too. Let's go to our last segment, upset picks. Date. I'm going to give two. You're going to give your one, and then I'm going to give my final one. I got three upset picks. You got one. My first one is Sacramento State at Stanford. We talked about this one earlier. I really like Sacramento State. Stanford looked awful. Their defense looks horrific. Sacramento State is the sixth-ranked team in FCS. And if if any FCS team is doing it this week, I think it's Sacramento. Sacramento State, so I'm picking Sacramento State over Stanford. And then my second one is Iowa State going to Ohio. We went on a little rain about this, too, so you probably saw this one coming, but I think Ohio is going to knock off Iowa State at their own house. Dave, what's your upset of the week? I,
1: I got Western
0: Kentucky going into Ohio State and beating them,
1: and I think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, Western Kentucky's defense is not good, uh, but near is Ohio State's offense. I think Austin Reed comes out and has a nice game. He's a great quarterback, senior there, very experienced. Uh, but, yeah, I think they come into Columbus, and I think they shock the world and beat Ohio State.
0: That yeah. would be insane.
1: Yeah, and like, like I said, I just don't know about this QB room yet. And obviously they got a ton of talent out with Marvin Harrison and Trayvon Henderson there in the running game. But they haven't really been able to get the offense going even with maybe the best receiving core. I don't know about any anymore after these past performances, but I think Western Kentucky can win this game.
0: Yeah, going back to that starter sit then, if Western Kentucky wins the game, Devin Brown has to be the man then, right? Kyle McCord's done, Devin Brown has to come in against Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, I think, I, okay. I think I think you can consider that, especially if McCourt can't get the ball to the playmakers.
0: Yeah, I think I would not be surprised if Devin Brown is the starter next week, if Ohio State somehow loses to Western Kentucky. My final upset pick is the Florida and Tennessee game. I think the trend continues and Tennessee loses a 10th straight game in the swamp. I think Florida comes out on top, gets their signature win of the season, a big win to put them at 2-1 and one over 500, and that'll be their first conference win. Um, I think this is a big turning point in Florida season. I think Tennessee drops one, and then maybe Nico L will get some snaps next week against UTSA. Well, Dave, that's the end of the pod. Do you want to add anything else?
1: Uh, no, I'm, really, I'm looking right now to see if there's anything notable that's going around college football. Uh, I'm checking the scores right now. I was watching the Virginia-Maryland game, uh,
0: it was almost – you see that yeah. kickoff return?
1: Yeah, that was – what? Was that a 98?
0: 98-yard? Yeah, something crazy. Uh, Maryland just had that game up 14 all. They were down 14-0, though. i was starting to get a little nervous there. Yeah, yeah, backup
1: uh, quarterback for Virginia, Anthony Calandra. is looking nice. He, like, poised on a drive, uh, but it stalled out. So, yeah, he's playing for an injured quarterback right now, Tony Musket. Uh, how mm-hmm. about Army, though, Be- on the road right now against a good State team?
0: Yeah, I, I'm just looking at the scores right now, too. I'm kind of surprised on that. And then uh, Utah State, I think they put up 80 points last week, but they're right now losing to Air Force. So um, is that all day?
1: Uh, I think that is. Nothing really crazy this week except the Mel
0: Tucker news and then Deion mm-hmm. Sanders
1: always making headlines every day, so <laughs> –
0: yeah. Well, we'll we'll let you guys go. Thank you guys for tuning into the third episode of the Green Light Sports Podcast. See you guys later. Yep. Yeah.